Greetings and welcome to the Trauma and Social Work Podcast. Thank you for listening to Season 2. You are listening to Tanya Octave, Licensed Clinical Social Worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen, or pencil, a warm cup of tea, and let's get down to business. This season is to focus on the voices of others impacted by trauma. Although I may speak on behalf of others with their permission, this is still their voice. You will hear from social workers, parents, families, children, teenagers, clinicians, and just so much more. You will hear from all people, regardless of their heritage, ethnic background, gender or sexuality, identification, social economic status, and much more. Let's take a deep, profound listening to all voices. podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. For the first two weeks, we listened to the voice of Matthew, a 15-year-old man and his mother, Elizabeth. As you can see, there are two people in a relationship, the mother-son relationship with each other. There are two personalities, and each character has their views, beliefs, thoughts, and emotional expressions. Matthew at times expressed that his mother was the one who needed counseling. Some frustrations were building up in him, and he wanted to keep the focus on his art career. Matthew believed since birth that he was the cause of many of his parents' negative and emotionalist feelings. He was the cause of their pain. Then there was Elizabeth, his mother, who had a different perspective on their family. Although acknowledging she had her own stuff to manage, Elizabeth felt Her son was mean, avoidant, and distant. She knew he was emotionally hurting, and yes, she knew he was suicidal. And I suspect that's why she wanted to get him some help. For Elizabeth, she focused on her son's healing. And in part, this contributed to the belief that she was a good parent. Now, many of you do not know me as a clinician. I use an integrative approach in my practice. This is somewhat teased out with the formula I refer to as the Octaves Method. This is a practical guide for individuals to work towards healing their mind. With that being said, my book will be coming out around January of 2022, hopefully a little earlier. We'll see how this goes. The Octaves Method approach is used in my work with clients so that we can get to a little deeper in their treatment. 
Historically, the mother-son dynamic is the relationship talked about by Freud. This is explored before he wrote about stages of psychosexual development, the id-ego, super-ego, and his views about hysteria. I suspect that this is because of how Freud experienced his relationship with his mother. That relationship laid the foundation for many of the ideas he proposed. There are many pressures placed upon women in our society about assuming the role of mother and having a deeply connected bond with their sons. It is a repetition of the male-female relationship in some way. The mother is to provide space for the bond. She encourages the emotional intelligence in her son to develop so that he will feel secure and confident to engage with ideas about unconditional love. The mother reassuring her son that he is a good friend and a good lover. Mothers often encourage good academics, controlling his behaviors, especially in social settings, respect for women, engaging in less risky behaviors, and becoming professionally and socially successful. So this is an excellent place to start to explore Elizabeth's role as a mother to her son. Many thoughts and ways help us understand Elizabeth in this relationship, but I'm only going to focus on three concepts. Elizabeth understands that her son is emotionally distraught and at the same time experiences the relationship of being a mother as helpless. And this is her experience. And this perspective will not change without the willingness, readiness, and resources accessible to her to help her through this work. Elizabeth needs her own space to work on issues from childhood, her anxieties and her feelings of depression. In many ways, keeping the focus on her son is a distraction from her own work. However, before she can begin this, Elizabeth has to work on trust. She has to feel the clinician can support her son because this is where she is at. You always start where the patient is at and help them grow from that point. I encouraged Elizabeth and she did many good things as a parent. She was committed to his, her son's treatment. She made time, saved money up and asked questions and was persistent, which made her feel she was doing her part to help. This is one of the most significant barriers to get counseling support. You have to do the research and find a good match. Then you make several calls and requests and often get turned away or discouraged by the process, which is often before therapy even starts. Elizabeth reached out to me um, over about a six month period of time until we agreed upon some guidelines before beginning the process. This is huge and this demonstrated Elizabeth's passion and desire to want to change. So I knew by helping Matthew I could help Elizabeth. I say help loosely because this is a collaborative exchange of thoughts, ideas, experiences, feelings, etc. 
I also knew in helping Elizabeth, or I should say in helping Matthew, Elizabeth had to get into her own treatment at some point. She would need to face the same barriers with finding a clinician for Matthew for herself, and she would also need to be persistent. So two, as a trauma clinician, I must address Elizabeth's trauma growing up. She believed she was at fault for her sister dying. This was the family's unspoken secret. I say secret or mystery because this is how Elizabeth experienced this event and it changed her family dynamics growing up. As I began to share more, as she began to share more about her sadness and then regret and shame, she had often wished she was the one who had died. Her depressive symptoms were so profoundly imprinted into how she experienced herself. She cried, cried, and cried more. She yelled and screamed. She threw things. This was part of her release. She had to experience her sister's death over again and in many ways, in her body, in her mind, in her spirit, and with God. She regressed to being the little girl again before she could heal. Then there was the connection. Elizabeth's feeling she could not help her son was a trauma reminder that she could not save her sister. Wow. This is a freeing moment. This is the aha moment. The moment that sticks with you. That assists with healing. Number three. So after building trust with Elizabeth, getting her to feel supported and navigating her through the process of her healing, what can be done to help the mother-son relationship? In this case, Elizabeth and Matthew had a connection and it was through the arts. Matthew was an artist and Elizabeth had been around art and this environment for most of her life. She knew many things about the business she had many connections and she was already doing this for her son on some level. However, she never did this for herself. She was able to find a way to use her strength to start a company. Now I'm not going to give too many details about the company, but she moved from the focus of it being on her son to the focus of it being on her, which improve the mother-son relationship. Now, if you've ever practiced doing this, keeping the focus on you, I don't have to convince you it works. However, most people don't. We tend to focus on the others. Let's explore Matthew's growth. First and foremost, Matthew was suicidal. He had thoughts of suicide and he attempted suicide a few times. He had little space to talk about his feelings about death. So he disclosed in session these ideas. He was able to express himself. In the past, he used social media, he used his arts, and he used a few peer relationships. But this is where we started. We explored concepts of death, 
the afterlife, God, the devil, and much more. We created things in session. We wrote letters about death and role-played a funeral. Matthew was teaching me when I was able to listen with a different ear, and this is something to dive deeper into later, the idea that he should not have been born was a part of his work. Elizabeth, his mom, began to listen differently to her son. She moved from seeing him as avoidant and defiant to just sad. Her feelings of death began to surface. The more Elizabeth and Matthew spent together doing things they enjoyed, the more opportunities they had to develop a secure attachment. Elizabeth did, up, did end up seeking out her own treatment, and I am so proud of her for demonstrating her strength in this way. Their relationship did improve. I'm sure they have their moments, but now they get to experience more of a different relationship with each other. I say to all the mothers, enjoy your sons. Our sons are funny, lovable, warm, and gentle spirits, but unfortunately they get lost in the world too. So show your compassion towards them and be compassionate and forgiving with yourself. I have had only a few young men who have blessed me with a relationship. At times the connection was rocky and other times it was magical. I have shared stories with other mothers about their challenges with being a parent and figuring out ways to love our sons collectively. It is hard and it is easy. To my sons, you both are on your journey. It is a journey where you will have pains, feel unloved at times, get angered, and let things go. Freud missed the ball when he only focused on young men and their experience growing up, especially in relationship with their mom. He missed it. It is the dynamic of three things. It is the young man's experience, it is the mother's experience, and it is their experience together. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Like below and subscribe to my channel. I will end by saying, the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself. Ancient Kemetic Proverbs.